Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Special Edition. A weekly look at the issues in the news and the personalities shaping the stories. Special Edition is a production of Intercom Communications. Welcome to Special Edition. I'm Paula Dagnan. This week, we wrap up Children's Dental Health Month. We find out about Camp Cadet and Sunny Day Camp. We also have an upcoming benefit for Tracy's Hope. But let's get started by introducing you to Maureen Maher Gray. She is the executive director and founder of the Northeast Pennsylvania Youth Shelter. After that, we'll take a trip to Cinderella's Closet. Maureen, welcome. Give us the background. What is the title of this? Where is it? And how did you come up with it? We are the NEPA Youth Shelter. We currently sponsor an after-school teen drop-in center at 541 Wyoming Avenue, which is directly on the corner of Wyoming Avenue and Olive Street in Scranton. Uh, We're four blocks up from the high school, so it's convenient for the students who are walking home after school. And the reason I came up with this idea is um, a few years ago, I worked for a statewide agency uh, advocating for LGBT rights in our state. And I had to drive through 15, the 15 eastern counties of NEPA from Redding all the way up to Tawanda. That was my territory. Ooh. And everywhere I went and set up my tent, teenagers would come up to me and they'd say, I'd never tell my parents I'm gay because they kicked me out and there's no place to go. And I heard it repeatedly, town after town after town. And uh, my job was only for two years. And so towards the end of my tenure, I started looking into it. I'm like, what is there for teenagers uh, in the area, especially kids in crisis? And um, there wasn't a lot. There had been some attempts, um, but there wasn't anything active and ongoing. And uh, the closest shelter that we could find for any kid in crisis was in Allentown, and for uh, an LGBTQ-specific teen, it would either be uh, in Philadelphia or New York. So, of course, that brings up the idea of, well, how does a kid from Scranton get to any of those places? And that's when I discovered that Scranton has a human trafficking problem, and these teens are the victims. Um, they get picked up at a truck stop because we're in that triangle of interstates, and they think they're going to Philadelphia, and a trucker can take them into literally any part of North America, and these kids can be powerless to stop it. Maureen, I'm speechless. Me too. I was shocked when I found this out, yes. And it it all came because of the fact that these young people are saying, we don't have anywhere to go. So the the facility that you have in Scranton now, Mm -hmm. who is that geared toward? 
So what we decided to do, um, because we knew if we put a, shelter, uh, a sign out on a house saying shelter, there's not a teen who would come from 100 miles. It's a very scary, humiliating experience. So we decided that we would open an after-school drop-in center for teens and hopefully develop relationships and uh, trusting relationships with our teenagers so that when they were in crisis, they would come and tell us. And that's exactly what has happened. Being four blocks between the high school and the significant lower-income housing there on Washington Avenue, there are hundreds of kids who live in those apartments. Uh, But we also get kids from North, North Scranton, South Scranton. We've had kids walk over from West we um, get a, some cyber kids, and we do have some kids who, are, who have dropped out. So the word has gotten out. The word has gotten out. We have this year exploded in attendance. Last year, uh, last school year, our attendance was about an average of about 25 a day. This year, we're averaging between 45 and 55 a day. Now, what do they do when they get there? Okay, so we have um, 7,000 square feet, and what we do first and foremost is feed them because they are teenagers. <laughs> so we yeah. have a, a, f- a full array of snacks for them when they come in right after school. And then at 5 o'clock, we feed them dinner, which we um, get from our landlord, who is Meals on Wheels. And then we give them dessert after dinner. And then we give them another snack uh, mid-evening. And then if there are kids who hang out till 9 o'clock, we give them a snack on their way out the door. Now, do they need any kind of... Um, permission from their parents to be there, or how does how does all that work? Because when mm-hmm. you're talking mm-hmm. teens, mm-hmm. you're still talking curfews and things mm-hmm. like that. Well, we're only open Monday through Friday from three to nine. We have a form that teenagers fill out that include their emergency contact, which is generally the adult that they're living with. Um, we do not need adult permission slips for the t- kids to attend uh, because we're a drop-in center. It's a come and go as they want. In fact, we've enrolled 165 teens so far this school year, and I can tell you on one hand the number of adults connected to those kids who have come in to see what we're doing. So either the, there's, the adult at home is not accessible, or they're uh, unable to come, or they're working, um, but there's not a whole lot of um, connection between our center and the adults in these kids' lives. So, um, you know, sometimes there's no electricity at home or there's no food. Um, we also supply um, school uniforms, which we've had a lovely donations from Star, Star Uniform so that they have, they can go to school. There are families in our city who cannot afford school uniforms, so their children don't go to school. Or they can only afford one, and they rotate it among the children. And so the kids only go to school every second, third, or fourth day, depending on how many kids are in the family. Maureen, That's, you're in Scranton? Yes. Yeah, absolutely in Scranton. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I learned all of this in talking with uh, people in the community before we even opened. And so that's how it, it helped me design what our program would include, because I don't want any kid not to go to school because they don't have a pair of tan pants or a uh, a golf shirt in the colors that the school. Now, the high school kids are not required to have the embroidery, but, you know, the embroidered shirts are $40 a piece. Uh, if, if you're a low-income family, it's difficult, especially if you have kids in elementary school who are required to wear that. It's difficult to afford one for every kid. So um, we, uh, in, our, in the donation that Star gave us, they had p- uh, clothing for younger kids, so we let our teenagers take them home for their younger brothers and sisters. So what age group are you looking for, starting at 13? 14. 14 14 to 19, right. 
Oh, right? okay. Just uh, we're narrow, narrowing it down to that high school age, basically. So some some of the fourteen year olds are uh, maybe in eighth grade, about ready to graduate, but most of them are in high school. Yeah. And then after they're fed, <laughs> then what happens? Well, we have lots of activities um, that they can participate in. We have a beautiful pool table. We have an air hockey table. We have tons of board games, card games. We also, our big draw is uh, last year we worked with Leadership Lackawanna and blew up this beautiful recording studio, very similar to what you've got here. And that room is packed with kids nearly from the time we open until we close at night. So they are recording their own stuff. It's all their own original music. It's all digitized. Uh, I can't wait. Some of them are finishing up some projects that they're going to email me, snip, uh, like teasers, so I can put them on our Facebook page and our Twitter page. Um, and I don't know if Instagram does music, but we're going to try to put it on there so that people can hear what our kids are working on. And when it comes to all this, you've mentioned Star Uniform, mm-hmm. you mentioned Meals on Wheels, That's that's you're in their building, mm-hmm. you mentioned Leadership Lackawanna. Mm-hmm. Do you have volunteers all of the adults who come to the center are volunteer to be there from 2.30 in the afternoon until 9 o'clock at night. We could always use more volunteers, especially that 2.30 time, 2.30 to 3.30, because that's when the kids get out of school, and we, we want to be able to open right at 3 o'clock. Um, and we can if we don't have at least three adults on the premises. Our volunteer application is on our website, uh, and we are happy to have anybody. We have college students. We have retired folks. We have um, working folks, but volunteer, we are volunteer driven. Absolutely. And then what about donations as well? We are entirely funded by people privately donating to us, you know, handing me checks, mailing in checks. Uh, we've had several businesses who's also donated to us. We've also been the recipients of several local grants, um, but we are not funded by the city, the county, the state, or the federal government. Uh, so it's all been private donations for the 90% of what we've done, yeah. And you did this basically all on your own? Uh, well, <laughs> I started it. I had uh, four uh, friends who were on my original board who have were very instrumental in helping us get going and starting fundraising and things like that. Um, and since then, my board has grown to 13 people, um, all folks in the local community connected to teens in one way or another. Uh, our first two years, if, if you know anything about your filing business taxes for nonprofits, there's, you can actually do a postcard for a nonprofit. This last year, um, because people were so amazingly generous to us, we had to file a full 990 with the IRS. So um, it, it's astonishing to me. Um, people care so much in this community, and they are so generous. It's, uh, in fact, this last November, which is Homeless Youth Awareness Month, we set out an appeal letter because our next phase of our program is finding housing for teens who are homeless and trying to stay in school. And uh, we sent out a letter to our supporters, and we told them we wanted to raise $20,000 to be able to support a teenager in an apartment uh, for a year. And we have exceeded our goal already. Wow. Yeah. Do you have a taker for that? For the uh, yes, we we put our first teenager in an apartment um, December fifteenth, and it's he'd been chronically homeless for eighteen months, and now he has a roof over his head. He's working part time. He is going to graduate on time. He is he. <laughs> we take for granted a lot of things. He was so excited because now he's able to afford a cap and gown for graduation. Oh wow! So he wants to walk through. 
And but he also took the initiative to apply to Lackawanna College and took their entrance exams. And all he has to do is fill out the paperwork and he's in. He wants to be a medical professional and we want to do whatever we can to help him get there. So he is one of the... Wow, he's just a, what a story! Yes, yes. What, what? Not only that, but what an incentive to the mm-hmm. other students. Yeah. Well, this, um, they do keep statistics in the school districts about the number of kid, people who self-report their homelessness, and in the official record for the uh, the district in the end of 2018, I believe there were 52 high school senior high school students who had self-identified as homeless. Everybody who works with teens tells me that that number is grossly underreported. And from the kids who've come to me, none of them have told their, their school that they were homeless. And so that's the first thing I do is go tell your school that you're homeless if you're still in school. Most of them have dropped out by the time they come and tell us. And um, then, you know, and our, our focus is to keep them in school. I used to be a teacher in, in a previous lifetime and um, understand the value of having that, that high school diploma. And uh, you know, if a kid's already dropped out, it's really hard. Wow. We tried to send them over to CareerLink to get a GED, um, and uh, that has had some success. But we, um, we just try to let the kids know, don't drop out. Come and see us. Um, How do you get the word out? You know, it's been the kids. Um, I have, um, we do have a Facebook page. We have Twitter. We have Instagram. Um, but website? it's been the kid. Pardon? Website? We have a website. What N- is the website? NEPAYouthShelter.org. We, we do have 1,500 plus people on our Facebook page. Our uh, newsletter mailing list is about 500 people. A little bit of overlap, but actually not a lot. Um, we, uh, our donors last year, uniquely, we had 110 people, who individuals, or businesses that sent us uh, donations last year. And that's, that's just financial do- donations. We've had dozens of people anonymously drop off and personal care products and clothing um, who, won't, who don't even leave their name. They're like, no, no, here, just take it. And I'm like, wow. But so, this is not a shelter. No, because we are renting in mm-hmm. our current space. We, are, we cannot be an overnight shelter, um, which is why we're pursuing uh, raising the money to be able to put kids in their own apartments. Um, if you, I'm sure you follow the news and you notice that Keystone, Col- uh, Keystone Mission uh, recently is trying to open a 50-bed facility. And there's a lot of negative pushback about that. And our original plan had been to create a space like that for teenagers. But the kids don't need that kind of stress. And, um, and there's a, uh, there are available apartments. So we're just going to put kids in single apartments by themselves. With um, uh, we, uh, I am hiring a mentor. Uh, an assistant so that this uh, person will guide them through budgeting, housekeeping, getting your t- utilities set up, um, making sure you stay in school, watch your attendance, um, do you have enough school supplies, uh, and all those things so that the kid is motivated to stay in school and graduate. Wow. Yeah. Maureen, I've, I've just opened a book <laughs> of information <laughs> from you. you, and I, I hope you'll come back and see us again. Sure, now, I'd love to. Again, give us the name. Mm-hmm. Give us the where, give us the contact information, mm-hmm. and one last push for anybody out there who might know someone, mm-hmm. if they're not hearing it themselves, how to get in touch with you. Absolutely. So we are the NEPA Youth Shelter. We operate an after-school 
drop-in center at 541 Wyoming Avenue, the corner of Wyoming Avenue and Olive Street. Uh, we, um, our phone number is area code 570-909-9671. Our email address is really simple, nepayouthshelter at gmail.com. Uh, you can also f- uh, message us through Facebook um, and uh, Twitter. You can also get in touch with us that way. If you know of a teen who is 18 or older and struggling to stay in school because they are struggling with their housing options, please send them to us or call us uh, and set up a meeting with us so that we can try to work with them to find them something supportive and permanent. Next on Special Edition, we meet Colleen Joyce. Colleen is the secretary of Cinderella's Closet, Northeast Pennsylvania, and what a wonderful trip this is going to be. Welcome, Colleen. Well, thanks for having me. Absolutely. Now, tell us about this Cinderella's Closet. What is that? Cinderella's Closet of NEPA um, is a organization geared towards fostering the self-esteem of young women in northeastern and central Pennsylvania. And how do you do that, Cinderella? <laughs> what we do is we have a once yearly unique boutique, and the unique boutique also features an event called Esteem Town where we have um, different people from the community, different organizations that focusing on healthy skin, physical fitness, drug and alcohol awareness, safety. Uh, we have local beauty, local beauty schools that will come and do simple updos and give makeup tips. So we're gearing for special occasions, probably in this case, semis and proms. Yes. And when we talk about this event, are you looking for just those girls, or is it anybody who's welcome with all that information? Uh, anybody is welcome. Our unique boutique offers g- gorgeous gowns, amazing accessories. Everything is $10 and under. Wow. Yeah, so everybody in the community is welcome. We do gear towards girls in high school, young ladies in high school, female-identifying students in ages... 13 to 18, 19 years old. Well, and that is the area where you're getting dressed up and you're all mm-hmm. heading out and all that. Now, you mentioned the, uh, the the skin, you mentioned health and fitness, you mentioned drug and alcohol. How does all that play into Cinderella's Closet? We're really geared towards helping the self-esteem of these young women. And even if it's just a, a little... Uh, event before you get to go into the main room and before you get to see the dresses. Ah. You might learn something. You might make a connection. You might find out something about yourself. And we really, we really believe like these are very important things, especially for young women and especially nowadays when social media and everybody's like focused on looks. Mm-hmm. We're also focused on you. Right. On being healthy, being safe. Um, drug and alcohol awareness, prom promise, things of that nature. When we're talking about Cinderella's Closet and the event, when is all this happening? It's happening at the same the same day. Yes, it's March 25th from 4 to 8 p.m. at Genetti Manor in Dixon City. Doors open usually between 3 and 3.30, and you can come in. You can go through a steam town. You can... Um, a steam town. A steam town. Isn't that a great name? E-S-T-E-E-M. Mm-hmm. As opposed to a steam. S-T. Yep. Oh, okay. Yeah. I gotcha. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's usually a little wait before, so we ask everybody to go through, and we do... If you if you go through, you get all of these stamps on a card, 
And if you get all the stamps, you get entered to win a free dress. Oh. We do offer 10 free. Uh, there's a raffle for 10 free dresses. Nice. Yeah. Now, where did the dresses come from? The dresses come from the community. They're all do- We are all donation-based. We do not buy anything. We, we will get them from donations. Sometimes we get them from shops that want to help. But they're they're all community based. Are you still looking for any? We are not right now. We okay. have um, we got a lot of donations this year. The Lackawanna County Library System did a dress drive for us. Oh, and we got over four hundred dresses. Wow. Yeah, that's yeah. great. So we are we are in good shape this year for right now. When we're looking forward to something like this, and you're getting the word out, obviously this isn't the first year you've done this. No, um, Cinderella's Closet was a Junior League of Scranton project for 10 years and after 10 years it became its own organization so we have been our own organization for seven years sorry 17 years doing this yes it originated at the trip house and has gotten so big that we've moved to Junetti's. yeah that's a big spot yeah <laughs> it's a big big place mm-hmm. have you obviously then you've seen people grow you've seen them come in yes. you've seen the numbers yes we've seen the numbers go from very small up to, I think, the largest I've ever seen. We've had 650 girls come through. Yeah. And do you have to pre-register? No, you do not have to pre-register. You just come in. You come that day. 48 p.m., March 25th, Genetis in Dixon City. I've seen girls come back year after year after year. And you start to see them. And you're like, oh, welcome back. And I'm glad you're back. And uh, we've had people that have moved out of the area. We had a, a, a family that came from Maryland. They moved out of the area and they wanted to come back and do it again. Oh. Yeah. We, we get people from Wyalusing, from Mount Carmel, from Pottsville, from the you know, local uh, Scranton, Wilkes-Barre. Uh, we, get, we get girls from all over. So the people that are going to be part of a steam town, they're mm-hmm. also volunteers. Yes. Yes, they are. And you mentioned the local beauty schools. In the past, we've had the, the Scranton Police Department. Um, we've had the Lackawanna County DA's office, clubs from the medical college in Scranton, um, the Lackawanna County Library. So it's just kind of a, a hodgepodge of local organizations that like to give back, have something positive to share. Mm-hmm. And when we're talking about um, doing that, again, you have such a vast audience that there's just about something for everyone, whether you know it or not. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And um, I know a lot of our girls, they love to get their hair and makeup done. Um, they get your hair and makeup done, then go shopping for a dress. And it's a really uh, a family and friend affair. And we've had, you know, mothers and grandmothers and aunts and fathers and um, friends and friends' families. And it just becomes, it's a fun experience. And they really enjoy themselves and they, you know, they take pictures and they pose and <laughs> it, it's great. It's it's really great. And, and just it's to $10 see, a dress. $10 a dress. And you mentioned accessories. Yes, we have shoes, we have wraps, we have purses, um, we have jewelry. So everything is $10 and works down. Wow, mm-hmm. that's awesome. Yeah. It just amazes me that something like this has been around for 17 years, mm-hmm. and I can guarantee you that there are people that are hearing this saying, wow, where did this come from? <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, it's a great organization. I wish that I had it when I was in, exactly. in high school. Exactly. Um, just to even go and, and have the fun with your friends, and maybe I'd find something, maybe I won't. Maybe you'll find something, maybe you won't, but we have so many dresses. We have probably over f- about 1,500 dresses 
um, in size zero to 24. Short, long, poofy, sleek, elegant, like crazy. Yeah. So you can be your own person. You could be your own person. And sometimes that's not easy to do. No, no, it is not. And um, we have such a variety and our, our volunteers, we are all volunteer based. Our volunteers are really, they're there to help you. They're there to help you find the perfect dress. Is this the only time out of the year yes. that your organization is mm-hmm. kind of all together and, and the rest of the year you're putting it together? Yes. Um, we do it once a year. Um, the rest of the year is just gathering dresses, is organizing the dresses, cleaning out old ones that have been there for a while that probably aren't, are, you know, a little outdated. We, we work year-round as a volunteer organization. Well, just remember, Colleen, Everything old becomes new again. You just have to wait for it to come back. Yeah, (laughs) this is true. Give us the details one more time, the where, the when, the who you're looking for, all that good stuff. Okay. Our unique boutique is Wednesday, March 25th from 4 to 8 p.m. at Genetti Manor in Dixon City. All dresses and accessories, $10 and under. And we also feature an esteem town, a self-esteem workshop where young ladies and female identifying students can come through and learn a little bit about drug and alcohol awareness, about healthy habits, and get hair and makeup tips. We also we also offer a scholarship. Oh. Yes. We have a Cinderella's Closet Scholarship through the Scranton Area Foundation, and it's serving the counties of Carbon, Lackawanna, Luzerne, Monroe, Pike, Susquehanna, Wayne, or Wyoming. Ooh. Big, big area. That is a big area. Uh-huh. Um, the amount is is a one-time gift of $500. And again, it's through the Scranton Area Foundation. You can contact them for more details, but it's for one female or female identifying student. Mm-hmm. And they can put that toward their own higher education. Absolutely. That's yes. terrific. Yeah. Wow. We're just, you know, we're giving back to the community and, you know, some of the requirements we asked you to have volunteer hours because we're very volunteer-based and... We want to foster the next generation of volunteers. Next on Special Edition, a fundraiser for Tracy's Hope and heading off to camp. Don't go away. Welcome back to Special Edition. Denise Coomer, CEO, Tracy's Hope, is with us about an upcoming fundraiser and then pack for camp. Denise is here. That must mean there's big things going on at Tracy's Hope. What is it? Oh, we have a designer purse bingo coming up. No. What are we doing this for? We are doing this for Tracy's Hope, for the animals. And what about Tracy's Hope? Give us a little bit of background on that. Tracy's Hope is a nonprofit organization that caters to Luzerne and Lackawanna counties, rescuing animals, working with the DA's office and uh, the police departments to prosecute animal abusers. We do hospice care. We bring euthanization to the homes of terminally ill pets. And let's talk about that because a lot of people don't realize that. You actually can be there and do that for your pet with help. How do they how would someone go about doing that? Well, what they would do they would call us and we try to ask them to call early, not the day before they think the pet has to be euthanized. And we work with the families, we help them through things. We provide um, in-home euthanization services with a veterinarian. So let's say that someone has a pet who they know is getting a little bit older and is ha- starting to have some problems. 
would that be the time that they would contact you and say, I think this is going to happen and this is how I would like it to happen? Absolutely. That's the best time to call, to give us time to uh, actually work through some of these things with the pet owners and the pet. I guess because there's so much talk about hospice care for people, this is something that we normally wouldn't think about for our pets. So what happens when someone contacts you? What's the first thing that you would do? Well, I would talk to them. I would I would go down to see the pet um, and go over anything, uh, give them my opinion, see how the pet is medically, uh, and then uh, we would work through helping them to make a decision. You're mostly thinking about pain. I never want to see my pets in pain. I know that's what I've always said when it's come to that time. Is that something that you can help with as well? Absolutely. We would encourage that um, the veterinarian, their veterinarian, would make sure that there's um, adequate pain medication to let the veterinarian know that we're involved. Once that happens, then the family can contact you, and do you spend time with them as well? Oh, yes. Yes, we do. Yeah. And -hmm. when you're going through something like this, again, I know how tough it is. Been there, done that. Oh, I don't know. It is is hard. It never gets any easier. No, absolutely. Never does. So what do you tell people? Well, when they're approaching the time when they're making a decision about euthanization, I always tell them that it's the final act of love, that that pet was loyal to them all their lives, and now they need to serve them with unconditional love and make that decision. How long can you be with a family once a, once they contact you and say, I would like to find out about hospice care for my pet? Well, basically it's on an individual case uh, process. Um, we spend time, we talk on the phone, you know, we check in with them, they call us, uh, I provide them with my cell number and they call us when they need to talk or with any changes in the pet's health. And I I think that's something that a lot of people, um, even when you talk about hospice for humans, Mm -hmm. that it's not the day of, as you mentioned in the very beginning, that's the same thinking process. Right, right, exactly. And when it's the day of, we do spend time afterwards, after the fact, but it's so important to get through this with somebody that uh, does it all the time. That's very difficult, I'm sure. It is. I think also people understand that when they're dealing with someone who has contacted other people and done that, sometimes they have they don't feel as confined in their feelings. Do you find that? Yes, definitely. And it's so important to for us not to make that decision. We we try to make sure that it's the pet owner that that comes to that conclusion because a lot of times they will look to us like, well, what should I do? And it's uh, we offer them different uh, perspectives so that they can make the decision on their own. Very tough. Commend yes. you for all of the things like that that you do. Well, thank you. And not only that, but you're also, as you mentioned in the very beginning, you're dealing with animal abuse cases. Yes. And we've talked about that when we've had you here in mm-hmm. the past. 
So now we see the other side, and now we find out what this purse bingo is going toward. Yes, it is going towards uh, to help the animals. So everything goes toward the animals, toward their care, toward all these abuse cases and things like that. So now we have this purse bingo. Okay, well, it's March 29th. Doors open at 11 a.m., and the bingo starts at 1 Um, We have grand prize of uh, $1,000 cash in a designer purse. We have a vacation to Assateague Island as one of our grand prizes. Um, We have a TV, 55-inch. We're known for our our specials. We really go all out on our specials. We have purses. Uh, We have a full menu of hot food, homemade food. You cooking? Uh, no, no, sorry. <laughs> nope, not a cook. But I have some great volunteers that are wonderful cooks, and they're just going forward with that. Where is it going to be held? It's going to be held at Eagle McClure Fire Company in Old Forge. It is March 29th, and doors open at 11, and bingo starts at 1. How do we get tickets? You can call 570-457-1625, or you can mail in uh, your check made payable to Tracy's Hope and mail to Tracy's Hope in uh, Purse Bingo, 113 Foot Avenue, Durier, 18642, and we will mail your tickets to you. They're $20 uh, in advance, and they're $25 at the door, but usually we sell out, so there may not be any available tickets at the door, so... You should get your tickets now. It's Intercom's Doc and Jesse with the Pennsylvania State Police heading to Camp Cadet and Sunny Day Camp. Our buddies are here, our friends. Mm-hmm. From oh, the Pennsylvania the State Police. Oh, right. yeah, you get the, the bell. bell. Two right. bells, one for each. Uh, Trooper Peters <laughs> yeah. and Trooper Petrosky. You, but you have a big event, actually two big events, yeah. coming up to talk about. So, uh, Trooper Peters, you're up first. All right, we'll talk about Camp Cadet. Right now we have the current open registration for our camp program, which is uh, individuals, male or female, ages 12 to 14, from Columbia, Carbon, Lower Luzerne, and Monroe County. Mm-hmm. Sign up for our Camp Cadet program, which is a week-long uh, program that shows individuals what it's like to be in a law enforcement academy. It teaches uh, teamwork, uh, self-esteem, uh, you know, t- overcome adversity in their lives. It hang on, tough. though. Hang on, because I know that there are certain requirements. This is why my mom wouldn't let me do this when oh, I was a kid. Oh, That's what she told isn't you. Isn't there like a run involved? You have to run. <laughs> oh, Every run. morning. Every morning you run. So how, how much do the kids run? Uh, they start off about one point. Seven five miles, and we ended about two and a half. Okay. Well, by the end of the I week. could drive that. I'll you drive along. Yeah. Come up and do the run. Drive. You don't have to come up for the whole week. But if I if did you the run. I retrieved it. I'm just telling you. <laughs> we have a golf cart. <laughs> okay, hold on. I'll do yeah, that. You yeah, you drive the golf cart. I'll drive the golf cart. And I'll slowly jog beside you. I heard you saying yesterday because you were on PA Live, and you were saying a couple of the kids went on to become state troopers. Yeah, recently, just about a year ago. Not even a year ago. Two. Brand new troopers that just graduated from the State Police Academy. They went through Troop and Camp Cadet years ago. And uh, not that Trooper Peters and I are old, but we remember when they went through because it really wasn't that long ago. It's nice see, that to could see. have been my calling. My mom ruined my dreams. <laughs> if you come up to Camp Cadet and run with us in the morning, just uh-huh. one morning, we'll make you yeah. an honorary trooper. Thank you. you. That would be awesome. And All right, Doc's I'm in gonna, this year. <laughs> just in the police academy. There's no running involved in it. All right, so say a kid wants to become a state trooper when they go on. What age... Can they like, apply at 18, 20? 20 to sign up and take the test. You have to be 20 to take the test for the state police, 21 to enter the academy. Okay. And you need. How least... often is the test? Is it once? So it used to be given at certain times throughout the year. Um, 
Now it has changed to benefit people trying to sign up. So you could sign up and take the test whenever. It only gets processed when they're taking applications, though, to get ready for a cadet class. Yeah. Mm. What got you into being a state trooper? Talk about when you were a kid, <laughs> David, and what you wanted to be. Or was it always something Actually, you wanted to yeah, do? Just the influence of the... Uh, Police officers. I grew up in a local community. We had local officers. They were your coaches. <laughs> yeah, you know your local sports uh, coaches. They were involved in the community, and it was just it made an impact on uh, on myself to want to like be able to give back and do stuff like that. Mm. Yeah, and then you went through a military, right? As far yes, as I was in the uh, Pennsylvania Army National Guard, I was always drawn to the uniform. So, <laughs> but that, all right. So that's one of the things we're talking about, Camp yeah. Cadet. What is the other big event? The other going is on? Troop and Sunny Day Camp, yeah. and that's our one day Camp Cadet experience for kids with special needs or disabilities. And this is a great camp. I this is it. our fourth year doing it. It's a day full of fun for these kids. You know, Camp Cadet's tough. Um, there's a lot of physical exertion involved and some of these kids, they, they just can't physically do it. This is their way to attend Camp Cadet. So cool. Go through Sunny Day Camp. It's nice. It's at Pocono Raceway. Um, they put out a big spread of, of course, I'll talk about food, right? They put out a big spread of food, you know, for everybody there that comes in and, and the group was big. But then talk about the cars that are on the track yeah. and how that all came about. I'll tell you what, we lucked out. So three years ago, we on Mother's Day, uh, Trooper <laughs> Peters and I didn't do the best with planning. <laughs> Yeah. We run into this this race club, this Porsche club that was there. So our helicopter landed, and a couple of the guys from the race club came over, and they're like, "Oh, hey, what are you guys doing?" But you know, it's it's our our helicopter, and you know, they landed. We're doing a camp for kids with special needs, and they're like, "Wow, that's great! Can we take some of the kids out on the track in our race cars?" And we said, well, "Yes, please." Yeah. yeah. I mean, as long as the parents are okay with it. Um, so in about 10 minutes, there was 25-plus cars lined up waiting right. to take kids out on the track. It was Amazing. And they're with us every year now. Yeah, and the drivers yeah. love it. And uh, the absolutely. kids and, and families absolutely love it. It's you great. watch kids jump from one car to another. You know, I want so the Viper. Cool. I want this. Yeah. I want the yeah. parents get in the cars. Yeah. 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 I mean, they take anybody and everybody that is located on that uh, concourse that day. They'll ta- And they'll just keep doing it until everybody gets tired. Really it's a great cool. experience. Well, let's talk yeah. about both events real quick. For Camp Cadet, how do people sign up? Uh, basically, you can go to our website, which is uh, troopendcampcadet.com, or Troop N Facebook page. You can go to any station uh, in our coverage area, as well as in all the schools in our four-county mm-hmm. coverage area. You get an application, fill it out, mail it in, to go through an interview process, uh, if selected. And when does it start, Camp Cadet? July 12th through the 17th this year. Okay. And sunny day? Sunny day, Saturday, May 9th. Uh, registration is simple. Go to troopendcampcadet.com, click on sunny day. Fill out the online um, application and you're registered. Now, we're taking anybody for Sunny Day. We, it doesn't matter where you're from. We'll take people from Philly, Harrisburg. Correct. We want as many people there as possible. And the ages are everything. It's not just Eight children. Goes- Don't go away. We're wrapping up Children's Dental Health Month next on Special Edition. Next on Special Edition, Scranton Area Orthodontist Samantha Abod is here. So's Eulina Bellis. And she has a song to get rid of cavities. Samantha, it is February, and that is Children's Dental Health Month. And being an orthodontist, you see them when they get to be a little bit older. But what can you give an idea to parents so that they're going to have their children's teeth good when they're young because they're going to need them when they get older? Right, absolutely. Early interventions are really the most important We usually say in the dental field that children should be evaluated at about a year old. That gets them comfortable in their dental home. And it could be as simple as just sitting on their parent's lap and having an evaluation done. And then as the patient becomes more comfortable, maybe at their second birthday, then they can have a a prophylaxis, a cleaning, and a full exam. And then it just gets easier from there. 
when you have an infant, isn't there also things to be aware of before even teeth come in? Absolutely. If the child is eating, then there is a potential bacterial source in their mouth. So it's really important that after they finish a meal, whatever that may be, to clean the mouth out with maybe a a warm washcloth. Or I know they sell little uh, plastic toothbrushes that are okay for infants. And you just want to clean the gums and the surrounding structures to make sure they're free of debris and, and bacteria and plaque. What about baby bottles? Oh, baby bottles. They are our savior sometimes, but they can also uh, be a detriment if a child's being put to bed at night with a bottle containing sugar um, that will just sit in the oral cavity and start the the process of decay. So it's really important that if you are putting your child to bed with a soothing device like a bottle, maybe just water in it would be best. And it's um, when we when we think about that, too, that's even before teeth are showing. Absolutely. And again, it's all about the balance of the microbiome. It starts in the mouth and it travels through to the digestive tract. So everything's connected and we want it all to be healthy. That's another thing too. When children are small and, and you know, the bottles are a big help as long as we are using things like water. Mm-hmm. But from your perspective as an orthodontist, mm-hmm. are things like binkies and can they cause problems down the road? So as long as they're discontinued in a timely fashion, you're hitting those milestones when you should discontinue a bottle and maybe go to a sippy cup and you should discontinue the soother like a pacifier. Usually then the bone can compensate and grow in a normal way as long as there's not some sort of self, self-soothing self uh, type of habit like sucking your thumb or something like that. But if, if one of those habits persists beyond, let's say, age one or two, then it can really start to affect the formation of the upper jaw and the lower jaw and the development of the teeth and where they come into those jaws. So it's really important to kind of hit milestones, not only neurologically, but also milestones in terms of discontinuing parafunctional habits. There are a lot of parents at any given point in time that may say, oh, I don't worry about that. It's only baby teeth. They're going to eventually fall out. We don't have to... Is that a good thing? But baby teeth live inside of adult jaws. So it's really important to remember that the jaw structure can be changed. um, But also newly erupting teeth can be affected if decay is significant enough to reach the pulp of a primary tooth. It can extend into the, the crown of an erupting permanent tooth. So, you know, disease can be a very dangerous thing, but parafunctional habits can also be a very dangerous thing in terms of jaw development. What happens when the fact that some children, when they are first developing their teeth, they come in and they're soft, or maybe they come in and they're already decayed? So genetics has a huge role to play in the development of teeth, and so you'll find that intrinsic color can be different from human to human, and intrinsic structure of tooth can be different. So if we can do everything we can to protect and strengthen the enamel rather than allow an acid attack on the enamel. And and the bacteria in the mouth, once they get that sucrose, that sugar food source, they start to produce acid. That acid is what's wearing down the enamel. So if we can remove that acid attack, then we can have stronger, healthier enamel as well. And then what happens when children get to be a little bit older? I can remember Way back in the day when I was growing up and we had the fluoride tablets and Mm -hmm. we had all kinds of things like that. Has all of that changed? Is it good? Is it bad? Um, 
everything in moderation. And that's just anything in life. So a fluoridated toothpaste is not a bad thing. Some fluoride supplements, not a bad thing. A lot of the water supply here in Northeast Pennsylvania is not fluoridated intrinsically. So we have a very low risk of fluorosis. Um, and that's when that fluoride molecule kind of comes in and strengthens your enamel by creating a different structure. Um, but we have a really low risk of that. So I think just using a normal fluoridated toothpaste and following your doctor's recommendations on supplements of fluoride, it really is not a bad thing. It's when you start to consume it in excess that it becomes a problem. One of the things, too, is when we talk about, and you mentioned this earlier, taking children to the dentist for the first time mm-hmm. and sitting on their parents' lap. and get, But then again... Parents don't always want to go to the dentist. <laughs> We're not that bad, guys. We're no, not that absolutely bad. <laughs> not. I know my favorite saying is, when you smile, thank your dentist. So yeah, there yeah. you go. Well, thank you. That's Ab- awesome. Absolutely. That's awesome. <laughs> but when, when you're dealing with children and they're going in, are there things because they there are noises now mm-hmm. and what if I need a uh, what if I have a cavity and I need are there things that you can do to prepare them a little bit better? I think education is always the best way to prepare people. So the events that we have coming up, we're doing limited screenings, but we're also doing a lot of educating and dentistry has morphed so much over the past 50 or 60 years. The procedures that used to be excruciating are now tolerable and and sometimes people say Getting their teeth clean is one of the most enjoyable things they do. So um, it's not so stigmatized anymore. And I think just getting the word out and getting people comfortable with that idea can help everybody to feel good in their dental home. And in the area that you're dealing with, in the Scranton area, the Scranton Area Dental Society, Mm -hmm. you have a whole month that you're Mm -hmm. doing all kinds of different things. And where would someone be able to find a list? Would there be a list of of everything that's happening? There is a list on our website. Um, There is a list on our Facebook. And um, you could certainly reach out to me at any time. And I I could provide you dates and locations. Um, But we have a tremendous membership that all comes together in a volunteer effort to just get the word out about what can be done now in dentistry, not only how to take care of yourself, but dentistry as a career as well. So we're just trying to get people to understand that it's it's not this scary thing, but it's actually a, a pretty cool thing to do. Well, it certainly is, especially when you get to be a little bit older <laughs> and we want to smile for our prom pictures. That's right. You have somebody That's here right. with you. I'd like I you do. to introduce us to this lovely young lady here. Who is this? This is Yulina Bellis. She is my daughter. She's eight years old, and she has been helping me with National Children's Dental Health Month now for the past three years. Welcome, Yulina. Hi. Nice to have you here. You do. Well, you have a beautiful smile. I wish everyone could see it, but we're radio. (laughs) Maybe you could give us, from the young person's perspective, how do you brush your teeth? Um, I brush my teeth on on two, two for two minutes, and um, you brush them on the top and the bottom and the inside and your tongue. Oh, two minutes. That's a long time. Do you sing a song? Um, yes. What, what do you sing? sing? Cavity creeps, take a hike. Cavity creeps, take a bite. Out of your teeth if you don't brush them right. Cavity creeps, gone for the night. Wow, that's wonderful. That's a I I I think we're going to get a lot of calls for people who are going to want that. I know you kind of are biased because you have a mom who has a dental office. But what about your friends? Do your friends are they afraid of going to the dentist? Um, no, 
really. They mm-hmm. like it? Yeah. Yeah? And when they smile, can you tell whether they're happy about going or whether they're just saying that because your mom's a dentist? I can tell that sometimes they're really happy about going to the dentist. Uh, what's your favorite part? Cleaning, the cleaning of the teeth. Oh, because they feel so good afterward? Mm-hmm. All right. All right, well, I'm going to let you tell everybody out there in your best eight-year-old voice... Mm-hmm. Don't be afraid to go to the dentist. Don't be afraid to go to the dentist. Good. Yeah, I, that's why I keep her around. You and, know? I, and we have a cheerleader in the background <laughs> yes. that no one can hear. because Michael Bellis is here, too. And he's just being quiet. Yes. <laughs> he's just taking it all in, taking it all in. Tell us how we can find our dental society. It's scrantondental.org. That's our website. You can check our newsletter, and that'll give you a full list of events that we have coming up in Scranton, Carbondale, Um, There are a bunch of different locations, uh, Dixon City. I can't think of all of them right now because Cindy Cox, who does a lot of our marketing things, she really put together a beautiful list for us this year. Several different counties are participating in a similar type of thing, but in Lackawanna County, there are maybe about five or six times um, that I can tell you we'll be at McDonald's locations, and that'll, that'll be fun for everyone. Thanks for listening to Special Edition, a weekly look at the issues in the news and the personalities shaping the stories. A production of Intercom Communications. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.